Chapter 26. Chapter 27. No, epigraph 27. Chapter 26? Yeah, chapter 26, epigraph 27. Okay, fair enough. Hmm. <laughs> so, Vin wakes up in Clubs's shop after pewter dragging, um, making a two-week journey in one one day. You know, last chapter we had her and Kelsier get there and attempt to save the army and fail, but they were able to find, like, a small remnants of the army and they're able to bring them back. And so she wakes up and we realize that there is a time skip of 15 days. That was the trip back, you know, that they had with the army to try to sneak them back and hide them and everything. But she says that she still feels the effects of that pewter drag. So, wow, it does take a massive toll on the body. Yeah, that makes sense. Got to be some drawback. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. running for like 18 hours straight. Yeah. Making a two-week trip in 16 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, it takes uh, it takes a massive toll on her, and she, you know, she comes back into the room full of the guys. Essentially, everyone's back together at this point, and they're trying to discuss how the plan is going to continue because they lost their army. So that was a big portion of it, right? It's a little bit of hiccups, a little bit. Yeah. So what they learn though is that the garrison is gone. Ham comes back and is like, "Oh yeah, they paid us part timers. You know, they didn't want to pay us, and so they sent us back early." But essentially, the garrison is gone, and they're going to be gone for a long time because supposedly the army, when it engaged the garrison, the 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 rebel the Scott Rebellion's army, um, some some of them chickened out and splintered. And it just broke up and started going all different places. Yeah, and, and ran. And so the garrison's out there trying to hunt every down every little bit of the army. And so, Kelsier's like, guys, we can still do this. And Breeze loses it on him. Mm. He calls him out and says, do you not care about anything? You know, do you not care about the army at all? All those people, which is funny, coming from Breeze. This guy has been the the, the joke, you know, jokester, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to take anything seriously. And he, even he's coming out and saying like, dude, do you not realize how many people just died in this fight? And you're just going to go all according to plan. Like, not really. But, you know, Kelsier's like, we can still do this. Do you have no sympathy at all? And Kelsier's like, of course I have sympathy. Um, Of course I have sympathy. I care about what happened to them. And in the middle of that, he goes dead and, like, just silent. goes, Breeze, you don't ever soothe me. Yeah, and he, Breeze is like, okay, he didn't realize like Kelsey would be able to real, feel that, and he says some like... Oh, Breeze doubles down. Yeah, well, he says, he's like, I'm going to use logic if I can't use allomancy. Yeah, Breeze doubles down. Like, this guy is non-confrontational, right? Breeze up to this point has been the jokester. He's laid back. He's made slight digs at people, but he's never been, like, in someone's face. And at this point, Kelsier, in that face, that cold stare when he talks, tells him that, Breeze doubles down. Fine. I don't need to soothe you. I'm just going to destroy you with logic because what you did was stupid. Again, everything has been stupid. Breeze calls him out and says, listen, you're doing this all for your ego. You had the money to for you and Mare to have a good life. All you care now is about being the best Skull crew leader to ever exist, and this is all for your ego. That's why you're spreading these rumors. That's why you're making these people look at you like you're something more than just a normal person. You've known wealth, and now you want to become a legend. Yeah. And man, like, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's a bit much. 
And before Kelsier has time to answer the accusation, uh, counter the ac- accusations. Yeah, essentially before <laughs> yeah. like counter them, answer them, whatever it is. Someone, uh, I think it's Spook, right? Spook comes down as the watcher, or someone who's watching out comes down and says, "Hey, people are gathering in the square, and we get to realize that it's execution time, and that everyone is required to go. They go house to house looking for all men, and forcing them to come watch as some ska get executed." So, Kelsier tells the, tells the crew, "We're going, all of us. Come on!" And he takes them all out to to view this. You, and when we get there, we see that it's in the square. They bring all the all the people out to execute them. The nobility are just lounging like it's some sort of some sort of show. They have like a like ble- essentially like bleachers set up, and they're just watching. And some of them are yawning. They like they could be doing better things than watching these people get their their heads cut off. Mm-hmm. And the squad just watches as four get executed, then four more, then four more. And Brandon really emphasizes that. So it's like between every couple of lines, it's and four more, and four more. There's a fountain there, and the mm-hmm. fountains start to just spray, get darker and darker of blood. But Kelsier wants them all to watch. And the reason he wants them all to watch is the same way Vin got that reminder in the in the cold, misty night with the boy's throat being slit. The whole group gets their reminder as he's just kind of like monologues for a minute talking about how like, yeah, I, you know, I got y'all in here on false accounts, but I did it because I know y'all are all good people and have good hearts and have a conscience. That's why I chose y'all. Yes, you're right. It was never about the ATM. It was about stopping this. It was about getting rid of this, making sure it never happens again. And he kind of gets them all kind of reels them all in again with the, the the speech telling them how like just showing them the evil that they're trying to get you know overthrow and you can tell that the group isn't satisfied with the answer 100 percent, but they're pacified because doxin goes listen or kelser gives them an ultimatum like you can leave right now you know i'll do nothing to you if you leave go ahead and leave no ill will i won't hate you nothing will go wrong but if you stay, you know, I, th- I think of The Walking Dead. This is not a democracy anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you know, you you do not question my authority anymore. Yeah, you you're going to do what I tell you to do. You could have concerns about the plan. You could have all that, but you're going to listen to me. Yep. And Doxen, I they're they're pretty much pacified because Doxen at this point says, "I don't think we ever doubted you in the sense of the plan. We've never doubted you in what you were thinking with the plan, but we do have our concerns about your behavior." And that's where it's left. He says, you know, out of respect, we're not going to. Yeah, it, it, there, there's a little bit more because Kelsier, Kelsier makes a good point. He's like, listen, you guys are all upset about the plan, but um, hey, where's the garrison? They're gone. They're going to be gone for months. That was the whole point of the army was to get the garrison gone. Yeah, I think what I was saying, though, was like the, the questioning at that point is left to an end on Kelsier's personal aspects because they kind of let it die at that point. And they agree that they're not really going to keep bringing it up. But you're right. Like after that, and Kelsier gets that, like no one's leaving. He goes, all right. But like, like you see, the plan's still a go. Like you said, the garrison is gone, which means we have a very small window, but we can still pull this off. So the stakes are raised once again. Time is now more of an enemy than it has been ever because they have a small amount of time to pull this off. Well, Vin's looking down there and Kelsier's like, look at how terrible they are. Dachshund's like, look, they're just noblemen. They're all terrible. And Vin notices that there's Ellen down there. And he notices that 
There are people around him with him that not all noblemen want this. A lot of them are turning away. A lot of them look disgusted at what's happening. You know, there are a few out there that are just lounging like, why why are they even having their time wasted with this? But there are notably noblemen out there that aren't reacting that way, that, that don't like what's happening. And Vin makes that note again, like, listen, they're not all evil. Um, they're not all terrible. And the final bit of the plan that is set in place is they're going to sneak the remaining 2,000 soldiers back in to Lufadel. They're going to split them up into squads and they're going to recruit more. And they're going to hope that those, that small group of soldiers and whatever they can scrape together in the next couple of months or so is going to be enough to take the palace. And when that garrison comes back, they're going to use the ATM to bribe them and hopefully take control of the entire city. And that's where we're left with this chapter. Now, this is chapter 27. Yes. The actual 27. Ooh, the epigraphs, the epigraphs, the epigraphs. Mm-hmm. So we, I want to talk about those really quick. Go for it. So the one in the previous episode, we learned that the terrorist prophecy, you know, at least through some of the terrorists, they believe that it needs to be a full-blooded terrorist that is going to fulfill it. And that seems to be the reason why they hate the current Lord Ruler. And the thing here that I'm trying to figure out is maybe is that the reason why he ended up falling? Does it actually have something to do with the terrorist men themselves? Well, clearly he has some beef with the terrorist people, um, given how he treats them, just like he has beef with the ska, maybe even worse because it sounds like he's actually hunting them. Yeah. Well, that one was kind of interesting. At least gives us a little bit of insight into maybe where we can see the animosity between the terrorist people and the Lord Ruler in this sense. But 28, the deepness, whatever it is, it's sentient? Well, it sounds like it's, it's something that's just like tearing through everything. And he says, I feel it's sentient. I felt something. There must be something specific that he, some interaction that uh, he's had that actually explains yeah, that. But... It, it is a thing of destruction, madness, and corruption. It would destroy this world not out of spite or out of animosity, but simply that is what it does. Ooh, okay. I'm kind of curious. I need to know more about the deepness. All right. So chapter 27. We get into this, and the execution supposedly lasts for hours. And if at the pace that Brandon was writing things, four, two sentences said, another four. Wow, how many people did they execute if it lasted for hours? And this is like a hodgepodge of people. They weren't even relevant. They were just there for show. Yep. So the crew returns back to Clubs' shop and they decide that they're going to discuss how the plan's going to continue. And the new plan kind of divulges from let's take Luthadel to we just need to shatter the final empire. We don't need to beat anyone directly. We just need to put it into such disarray that every noble house, or at least every big noble house, thinks they can rule. And if that happens, they will all split and they'll just fight amongst themselves. And the whole goal at that point becomes, let's not take the take the city and try to hold it. Let's try to just shatter this and, you know, essentially there no longer be an empire. There be a bunch of dominances and rebellion, essentially. So not a bad idea. And they're, they're kind of shifting it originally. I guess that is one way to bring down the final empire. But I don't think it's in the same way that they set out from the beginning, at least. Uh, good shift. But in order to do this, 
they need to destroy the major houses, the big houses, and Venture's on that list. And Vin, once again, is like, hey, no, 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 not all noble people are bad. I just want to remind you. And she starts to think that maybe Ellen himself could be used to bring down House Venture in the sense that he seems to be quite displeased with how things are going and how they're acting in general. He's already disruptive himself. Yep. And so <clears throat> this talk is going on for a little while and Sazed finally shows up and just lets everyone know, hey, by the way, you know, what are we going to do with this army? Because they can't hide in Lord Renew's warehouses for much longer. We need to get them back in the city. And Kelsier's like, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to pull them. We're going to start sneaking them back into the city and you're going to break them up. Really smart idea. You're going to break them up into groups of 100. And then you're going to tell every group that they're the only people being kept because for an emergency, but the rest of the army has been disbanded for now. And then you're going to keep them all separated. That way, if any of them get found, they can't rat out where anyone else is. Good idea. Very good idea. Makes a lot of sense. Seems like it'd be a lot of logistics going into that. Yep. So they're going to gather all the supplies over and some more soldiers over the next couple of months. And it is time. They got word from Marsh. Marsh is in town. And Marsh finally has some juicy secrets to spill on the ministry. And so Vin and Kelsier suit up and get ready to go meet him for the first time since he's been shipped out as an obligator occult. So Vin and Kelsier go out looking and waiting for Marsh. And Vin asks the question that we're kind of all thinking, some something we've discussed in the past couple of chapters up to this point anyway. Is this 11th medal even real? And she straight up just asked Kelsier, like, you're keeping something from me. I don't know what it is. Is this 11th medal even real? And Kelsier has that moment where he just speaks the truth. He goes, it is. It took me a while to find it. It is, but I have no clue how to use it. And Finn's like, that makes a lot of sense because if you were sure, you would have burned it already and tried to figure out what's going to go on. But you're not sure and you don't want to die prematurely in case it's a hoax. Well, he makes sense. He says, you know, burning metals that are not allomantically you know accurate or if they were just um the wrong set it's even worse than that pewter drag that wiped her out for so long yeah and yeah he's yeah it's that's the minimal thing that's the thing you're lucky if you're lucky you're gonna feel worse than the the 14 day hangover from pewter drag essentially but the thing here is she she's finally happy that she sees that kelsier's not as sure of himself which oddly is comforting in this sense because we were shifting from everyone thinking that he's way too confident and that he's kind of getting this almost like God complex to now evincing the real Kelsier, which it's kind of good every once in a while to see the the person who seems way too confident crack a little bit just to be reminded that it isn't all fake in a show necessarily, that they are, you know, human, essentially. So she kind of pushes it a little bit and goes, you know, I can feel the Lord Ruler through my copper, you know, when I was running from the Inquisitors in the rain that night, they found me. They shouldn't have been able to do that. And Kelsier's like, bah. Bah humbug. There's so many different ways you could find him. and then Yeah, you uh, could have been spotted just by them looking at you. You could have not been as clever as you thought. Like, And also, the you know, uh, you think that the Lord Ruler could do that, mm-hmm. and so you feel it. It's just the way it is. Kelsier does not seem receptive to changing his mind on some of these things. But... Well, 
Vin, realizing she's not getting anywhere, goes, All right, I'm going to try to bait Kelsier even more. Hey, uh, Sazel was kind of telling me about Furukimi. He didn't tell me much about it, and he tries. she tries to get Kelsier to answer the question. Then he opens up just... Sazel would be disappointed. Just unloads all about Furukimi. <laughs> yeah, Sazel would be very unhappy right now. Um, but he unloads everything, right? He mentions... That Farrakimi, you can store altitude uh, attributes like strength, endurance, eyesight. He's like, you can store some different things here, too. You can store, like, memory, physical speed, clarity of thought, which is interesting. So, like, kind of what ATM does, apparently Mm -hmm. they can store that as well. And then he goes, you can even do some weird things, like store age and weight. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can store age and weight? Whoa. Farrakimi is so interesting. And, it's so interesting. And so Finn was like, oh, so it's more powerful. Oh, no, no, no. Kelsier's, Kelsier is not going to say alchemy is more powerful, but he's going to say everything has its downsides. Like Brandon's so good at writing. Mm-hmm. Everything has its downsides, you know? An Alamancer, as long as they have metal, can act at any time. You know, a ferrochemist is not creating anything new. They're just storing energy, essentially. They're just storing... They're putting it away for things. later. Yeah, so like... In order for them to be strong as three men, they have to be weak for very for long three times time. the amount of time. Yeah. And he goes, so I don't know. And then, of course, he hands over and he picks up a, a ball of ATM, a bead of ATM, and just goes, and we have this. Like, I don't understand how a ferrochemist, no matter how strong they are, could beat a Mistborn who could see exactly what they're about to do. And that's the whole point, is that he's saying that the uh, they're... Alamancy, you have access to everything, but Ferrochemy, you have no basically no upper limit, but you have to pay for it. So from my understanding, right, a Ferrochemist has access to all of these things. They can do all these things as long as they have access to the metal. But in Alamancy, we have mistings, right? So would you argue that in this case, then, the average Ferrochemist is stronger than the average misting, but not maybe not as strong as a Mistborn? Yeah. Don't know. We haven't seen it in action yet. Right, but right. that seems to be what Kelsier is claiming. He goes, I'm not going to claim that Alamancy is more powerful than Ferrochemy. They have, both have their advantages and disadvantages. So, interesting. We get to see even more about what Seize could do, which is so cool. One thing that he mentions here, which I think is huge too, right? Pewter, you're limited. Right. I'm I'm when I'm eating when I'm using pewter, I'm we're just going to give a number for sake here. I'm three times as strong as a normal man when I'm using pewter. Well, a ferrochemist, he can store up, you know, enough strength to be two times as strong for an hour or three times as strong for less time or four times as strong or five times or six or seven or eight or nine or ten. And he can just go infinitely. It's just you're going to be using that energy up quicker. Right. And so that is something that's super interesting. You know, it, it oh, man, I just love, I love ferrochemy so much and we'll talk about it more down the road, but so yeah, there are just a bunch of trade-offs here, you know. So Vin, at this point, after learning all this, goes, okay, that's really cool and everything. And since you're in such a generous mood, you haven't taught me the last medal. And, and Kelsey's like... I lost track of that. Kelsey's like, oh, uh, yeah. <coughs> um, I kind of don't want you to use it because you're not going to like it. And she's like, okay. And he goes, you're going to use it. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Gold. Gold is the last metal here that she's going to try. And he goes, fine, here. And he shaves off some gold pieces from, like, a boxing and just goes, I warned you, you're not going to like it, but here you go. And she takes it, and she tries it, and oh, boy, she, like, trips out. (laughs) Essentially, she sees shadows that are very similar to ATM shadows, but 
They're of herself. She sees two of them. She sees this, basically what she used to be, this, like, ska girl who was a beggar and who was afraid of everything and just overall kind of wretched. And then she sees this version of her that is just a beautiful, like, almost like a noble lady going to, like, bald. She's gowned up. She has perfect makeup. She fills out her dress. And that lasts for a little while. She reaches out and she can touch them both. And then it ends and she falls down into like the fetal position essentially. Or they're kind of like huddling up with her legs against her chest. And it just feels awful. And Kelsier's like, yeah, it's not great. My old master used to tell me that essentially where ATM shadows are going to see what you're going to do. Gold lets you see shadows of what you could have been if things had turned out different. So ATM sees in the future and gold sees into the past. Yeah, that's interesting, though. It showed her two sides. It showed her both the Vin we saw, but a worse version, and the Lady Valette we see now, uh, I guess, like, in her ultimate form. Indeed. Um, interesting that if that's true, that both of those options were, you know... And she could interact with them. like she yeah. was, Or not interact with them, she was able to touch them. The thing, though, that I'm trying to say that's kind of interesting about it is the fact that this is kind of, this could be, you know, Brent, like, I don't know if to say Brandon's way of confirming, but this is our way as, as, as readers and viewers and listeners and everything that this could, this basically confirmed it. Like, if she, without Kelsier, she would have been nothing and it's only would have gotten worse. And without the crew and Kelsier again, she could have fallen way too far into this Lady Valette, this Lady Valette persona she's been cultivating up to this point. It's really been the crew that's kind of kept her grounded in the center of what she is now, mm-hmm. both the Ska Thief, and the Noble Woman. Yeah. All right. So with that, they decide after that is done, they are ready to meet Marsh, and they go to visit him, and he has the tattoos now. Vin's like, oh my God, you got the tattoos? He's like, yeah, I had them put on before I even arrived because that would kind of be weird to not have those as an alkalite. And he's distinguished. He goes, I think, you know, they really like Seekers. They really like Seekers. And so... They latched onto him immediately because he was a seeker. And he And goes, he's part of the Canton of Inquisition. The Canton of Inquisition. Yep. So he's on the highest order. I mean with the Inquisitors, essentially. Yeah, yeah he's 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 serving the Inquisitors, or at least in that area. And the thing that's he's going for the throat, because like when we heard last time we saw March, he was like, I'm gonna hit them where it hurts. And basically he's now he's just this big overachiever that everyone's looking into. Yeah, but the big reveal we get is why are the Ska so docile here? You know, the ones in the plantation, even though they were scared, go back to the prologue, even though they were scared, Menace was like, well, we're forced to do this. We got to do it now. And they did it. They 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 went out into the mist and they went to the caves and they, they essentially joined the rebellion. They weren't given a choice, but they weren't, I mean, they were afraid, but they weren't going to not do it. We've seen the Ska and Lufidel. They seem to be so beaten down that they would rather die than fight back. And that's kind of that's that's not a, like that's a weird, right? Well, we learn right here, they have soothing stations. The ministry has soothers and soothing stations spread throughout the same way that Ska have thieving crews, and these jo- the job of these guys are just literally to dampen all the emotions of the Ska and keep them in an oppressive state. And this is one of the best world building things. Oh my gosh, <laughs> nineteen Big Brother, like <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So that makes a lot of sense, and even Kelsier's like. That makes so much sense because we're going to get, you know, we're going to get mention of this, but like later down the road a little bit. And then, you know, it's been in the past, too. But Kelsier has multiple times have said, like, the Ska are courageous people. 
Like, you know, they are. But they're, they're extra beaten down in the city. Yeah. Why are they so down? I've seen what it looks like. and It's just the city seems so down on these people. That's why. And they said that because they're just trying to like flatten them all, all together, you can't notice it because they're not flattening one specific thing. Yep. It's everyone. And so that kind of makes me wonder. Here's something. Like, obviously, I don't think this is true. But when you think of the Lord Ruler, right, and his influence and how it spreads, look at how Vin helped Kelsier riot everyone's emotions to try to keep them up. Is this maybe how the Lord Ruler spreads his influence so far? Is it because maybe he's pushing out and dampening, but then he has these stations set up all over the place that are kind of extending that influence? But it, it, it's just it's just a great little piece of world building. Yeah, and the last bit last bit of information we get dropped here is essentially that. The Lord Prelin leads the church, and the Inquisition does not like that. They want to be in charge. And right. that's the big information that, outside of the soothing things, that uh, Marsh has to spread. And, and also, they're not immortal. Yeah. Oh, and the Inquisitors are, to his understanding, normal people being made into that monster. So that's where we're left. All right, chapter 28. 28. So if we can overcome this door slamming, mm-hmm. then... um. Yeah, so interesting epigraph. Um, that is again we we see we've been seeing different points of the Lord Ruler peeking through. I think like we've been talking about, right? We've seen the moments where he's like, "I hate to be this realist, killing these people." You know, I've killed my own friends, like the whole shebang. But every time we've heard it, he seems to be resentful. And this was the first time he was just like, "I couldn't do it at the time, but man, I wish I would have killed this dude." And that is a very stern shift in, in, in thought process there. And this guy, like you said, he's like a father to him. And he's like, no, I should have killed him. I should have gotten rid of him. So that's interesting, though. He seems to be pretty like bought in at this point, though. He truly thinks the deepness is such a threat that he's now, at this point in the upper refs, willing to just throw the lives away of even his even his father figure if it means coming out the, the other end successful. So, okay. So, again, chapter 28. We're back to the Noble Balls. Um, back to House Lical, which I think was the first the first uh, ball that she ever went to was at, at House Lical. Um, and they have, again, she mentions those just beautiful stained windows again. Okay? Absolutely gorgeous stained windows. And how they are... They're depicting what's happening... In like or what 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 happened and she again gets pulled to that deepness section of it again and she's like what is the deepness and then up to this point i always say it good job then i'm thinking the same thing what the heck is the deepness at this point like it seems to be painted as such a terrible thing in the epigraphs and they keep it this just amorphous sort of force rather than actually giving it an explanation but she does see things that she saw she read in the journal like the green hills and things like that it was in front of us all along. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So Vin is looking for Lady Cliss because she's the gossip. And it's time to spread those rumors you were hinting about in the last episode where Breeze and Doxon are basically trying to spread rumors to decredit a bunch of houses and get them in financial trouble and in trouble with their allies. And it's Vin's job to spread that at the court, at the noble court or the ball. And she decides that it's time to make it look like House Hastings is running away. That that's the their their main goal here is to make it look make it where look like House 
Hasting is trying to flee the city and before the house war breaks out, potentially making them weak. And there's a big reason that they want them to seem weak, because we get the insight into what happened to House Tekiel. With everything Kelsier did and with everything going on, House Tekiel became so weak that they had to they were forced to flee. And the people who stayed behind were assassinated within literal days of of most of House Tekiel pulling out. And then House Tekiel's canal boat was hit by bandits. Finger quotes. Yeah, was hit by bandits. And basically all of House Tekiel's dead. You know, at least the major heads of of House Tekiel are gone. And the big thing about Hastig is they're like second in line. Like they're they're just under venture in power. But the big detail that they drop about their power is that he's powerful or they're powerful because they really leverage themselves. Like they have a lot of debts and they require a lot on their contracts as opposed to venture who has like a lot of wealth just sitting on the, on the boards. So Hastings is a really easy target here. A lot of assets, none of them liquidated. Indeed. So yeah, <clears throat> Hastings is, is ripe for the financial ruin essentially. So Ellen is here and Ellen tries to make all the moves. He's he's in. They meet up with Vin. He's like, I'm gonna kiss you. And Vin's like, That's a terrible idea. What? Why aren't you thinking properly? And he's like, Okay, you're probably right. And they're just flirting back and forth. And Ellen eventually says, Hey, Lady Valette, you need to leave because he thinks she's just still some ignorant country gal, essentially not used to anything. Um, but Ellen is straight up telling her there's going to be a house war and it's going to be bad. And I'm, you know, a part of the biggest and bestest house out here. Therefore, anyone that I care about is in dire danger because they won't, none of these people would hesitate to use you against me. And so you need to leave. And Vin counters with no, you, because (laughs) she's like, no lady Shan's doing something to you. Like you're going to get like, she's coming after you. and, And Ellen's like, I don't care. Say like, no, no, no. She's you're, harmless. You're you're in danger. Okay, you need to go too. And so they have the know you, know you, know you until both of them just go. Listen, let's just enjoy our time together now because neither of us are going anywhere, and neither both of us just have to get over that. All right. So Vin talks to him and decides you know they she wants to know hey you know what what what's going on because he he, he's like i gotta go soon she's like oh you gotta go to your meetings he's like you're very observant she's like yeah i am very observant by the way what do you talk about and ellen because we know it through vin spying and kelsey spying ellen tells her the truth i meet up with the boys we have a we have a cold one with the boys and then we uh we talk a little heresy just straight up admits it well, he says, he says, he's like, I think he, she's like, you're talking about overthrowing the Lord Ruler. He's like, how, what are you talking about? He's yeah, God. That's what I was about to say. He has no, he has no, he can't fathom overthrowing the final empire. Overthrowing the Lord, Lord Ruler. Ruler. Yeah. His whole thing was, we can maybe change it for the better a little bit when we become leaders in 15, 20 years, however long it takes for yeah. him to inherit his house, which honestly Seems like the more reasonable take. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Between overthrowing and that, that seems like a pretty reasonable take to me. So Vin's like, Vin's both happy and sad. Okay, maybe we can't use Ellen because he's not progressed to the point of being a revolutionary. Um, but she at least knows he's a good person. And this is, reinforces that. He is a good person, but we can't use him. Darn. Okay. So no big deal there. Um, But... 
Ellen goes to talk with the boys and Lady Shan decides that it or or Vin decides to approach Lady Shan and she's like, all right, I got to get close to Lady Shan. I hate this woman, but this is my way of protecting Ellen. And she's just turned away completely. And Shan's like, I have nothing left to do with you. And Vin goes, crap, crap. She's, she's seen me and Ellen together too much. She knows that I'm, I'm on his side and she doesn't trust that I'll keep my mouth shut with what's going on. So she's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to find another way to deal with this problem. Okay. With that, uh, we get Ellen's point of view. That's kind of cool for the first time. Yeah. In the book. We get Ellen's point of view as he goes up and he's talking with people and we get his, his thoughts and he's just thinking about Vin. He's just thinking about Lady Valette. He goes as far to say like, we, dude, we, we get some of Lady Valette and Ellen, you know, he's just in there like, you know, maybe I should go get my hair styled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, this guy just hasn't compared about, hasn't cared about his appearance at all. So maybe I should get my hair styled now. And his, and the, the boys pick up on that. And they're like, are you thinking of the girl? And they give him a hard time about it, you know. But they all make some really good points. They start putting out a lot of inconsistencies and holes in Vin's, like, persona that Ellen's just, like, ignoring or not noticing because he's kind of starstruck here or lovestruck. And, dang, they're making some good points. They're, they're talking about how, like, it wasn't not suspicious that, you know, she just happened to show up around the time this house war is starting. Is it not suspicious that Lord Renew came up at this time? You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He just waves it all off. Well, that goes on for a little while and he, he decides he doesn't like what he's, what he's listening to. And he goes, I'm going home and he gets drunk and goes home. Once he gets there, we get to again, see how much of a dolphin noise, uh, <laughs> Lord, Lord Straff Venture is as we get reinforced again. He's a Ten-Eye. So Ellen tries to sneak up the little teenage kid sneaking back into the house. He tries to sneak upstairs and Straff isn't having it. So Lord Venture calls Ellen in and is like, hey, we need to talk. And Ellen shudders and just kind of like shivers a bit. And it's just like, ugh. Because the family, you know, the house Condra's in there. Tunsun. We hear that name again, Condra, and this time we get a, a physical response. Ellen's like, "Oh, I don't like that." What the heck is a Condra? <laughs> <laughs> so we know, uh, we understand that uh, Lord renews a Condra from what we've we've seen through Kelsier, and now the Venture Ventures have a Condra, whatever that is. Well, Lord Venture's like, "Hey, you do a good job," and Ellen's like, "No, nah, I saw Vin or I saw Lady Villette. and he's like, "You know, I said no." Yeah, I don't care. And we just see, I'm not going to repeat it all, Lord Strathvenger just dominates this conversation with just blow after blow. Like, low blows, calling Ellen out, reminding him of what he made him do at the brothel, the whole shebang, basically saying you're worthless. Well, he dominates him just like he dominated Kelsey earlier. Yeah. And we get this information that uh, Venture wants Ellen to kind of woo this girl from another house so they can form an alliance and... Blah, 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 blah. And, and Ellen's like, I'll think about it and leaves. And he thinks about how weak he is because he's like, I can't even stand up to my father. How, how do, can I expect to stand up to the entire final empire, you know, if I want to change things? <laughs> well, uh, Jastis Lacal is waiting for Ellen. And is like, listen, listen, okay. I had Vin's carriage followed. The terrorist man drives it. She's not in there. Something's fishy. And Ellen goes, 
crap, something's fishy. And he goes back in, or he doesn't go back in. He's waiting in his room, and he calls the servant over, and the ser- he tells the servant, go tell my father I'll do exactly what he wants for this dinner. But in exchange, I want some spies. And we're left with this chapter with thinking, is he going to be spying on Vin? Okay. Chapter 29. And even like leading off the epigraph, we go right back into the journal. Yep. Right back into the journal. Man, that epigraph statement. Even good men can be deceived. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, we're back into it. Vin's reading more of the Lord Ruler's book. He uh, mentions that his allies, uh, the Lord Ruler mentions that his allies have started being attacked by the, the same creature of the mist that he was attacked by. And so that's kind of interesting, right? Or does he, does it say that one of the epigraphs says that, right? That he was attacked. Yeah. 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 Like he had been attacked by, someone got attacked. Someone was attacked by some, some creature in the mist. Yeah. And so thing here, right. Is like Rashik believes that the terrorist people are, being treated like slaves he thinks that they should be the dominant group here which is super duper interesting um in the in the section vin's reading too it it says again the epigraph that we've already read about the lord ruler um essentially or the hero of ages having the power to both save and destroy the world but we get a little bit of an extension because he goes you know it says that if if you use that power wrongly it could taint you and he believes that he ultimately believes that he will save the world, but he's afraid that he might try to take it too. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did he ever? <laughs> um, yeah. And then the logbook ends, you know, the final translation of the logbook is here and it ends with him saying, it's all over tomorrow. We're going up and it's, it's going down. And that's where the logbook ends. And like Vin points out later, Come on, <laughs> you're leaving us hanging with that one. Yeah, he goes to find says it, and and he's he's like, come on, where's the rest of it? And he's like, that was it. And, yeah, that, and... that was it. Says it teases her. I love it. Says it teases her. It's like, oh, you better watch out, Vin. If you keep reading at this speed, you're gonna you, become a scholar. You might become a scholar. Yeah. Well, Vin, you know, and Vin teases back, right? Like says it's like, well, when did my terrorist become such a smart mouth? He's like, well, I think that's always how I've been. That's probably why I fit in well, Kels here in the group. But yeah, Vin is worried because you know, just with the same way the logbook ends, it seems like they're coming up on the end of this journey. You know, whether it's going to end with all of them alive, dead, the Lord Ruler overthrown, the Lord Ruler not overthrown, all of the same, everything different. It's kind of bumming her out because she doesn't want anything to change. She's grown to love these people. She doesn't want it to change. And it has to like remind her and be like, listen, everything's going to change. You know, you shouldn't worry about this sort of thing. And she's like, well, you know, I am worrying, it. And he's like, I have the perfect religion for you. And he mentions a religion where um, they, they believe that they have a finite amount of of uh ill will or ill luck and so the religion the people every time something bad happened to them they rejoiced because it meant that they were one step closer to using up all their bad luck and their life was just gonna infinitely you know it's going to be better every single time something bad happened to them 
And Vin's like, that's kind of a bad view. I think he goes, it depends. He goes, wait, but doesn't that mean that they have an infinite or they have a finite amount of good luck? And says is like, well, I guess it just depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, Vin kind of works with the courage here to ask Sazed what happened on the night. Finally. Mm-hmm. And says it's like, yeah, uh, I stored up a whole bunch of strength. I expended it, got a rock, and basically bashed the skull in of the Elite Steel Inquisitor. And he's like, he's like, I'm pretty sure when I hit him, he flew into the wall, and I'm pretty sure I heard you know most of the bones in his body break. And Vin's like, it, it's so funny because like to me, I've, I'm so blown away by the fact that someone can do that to one of these monsters that mm-hmm, we've, been, mm-hmm. we've been hearing so much about. But Vin's like, oh, that's it, and says it even goes, oh, that's. You're not impressed by what I did? Are you not entertained? Yeah, are you not entertained? She's like, well, you know, with how how much of a secret you're keeping it, I just thought it was going to be something a lot cooler than what we just witnessed. Mm -hmm. It was just so funny because it went from Vin being like, before, these are monsters. We're not not invincible. You know, these things could easily take us on to, oh, Sazy, you just just snuck up on them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. But yeah. So we do we do get to learn about it. Finally, it is confirmed. Sazed knocked one of these things out. Uh, but the scary part is, right, is that didn't kill it. Yeah. Like <laughs> 20 chapters later, we find out about it. But it, well, I remember when it, when he first did it, it said it sounded like a bunch of branches breaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, branches, bones? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, rough. Um, but yeah, you ask about the night and... Um, it's cool. And he, he mentions again, he's like, oh, you know, and he, he brings up the whole idea again of being like, I can like, you can like do weird things with it. Like, I can't, I can't really explain it all to you. You know, you can store up age, you can store up weight, you know, you feel old for a little while and then you can be, feel young later. Like, you can do so many weird things with Farrakimi. But the thing he tries to point out by using those two examples is he goes, there must be a balance. When it, when it comes out the other side of it, right? There has to be a balance. If you're going to feel super duper young, you got to be old. If you're going to be, you know, you're going with, with your weight, you're going to be skinny, you're going to be fat. You know, if you're going to be fat, you're going to be skinny. But that's what it comes down to is there's no external source of power here. It is always just, again, shifting and saving power to use at another time. <laughs> okay, so... We get another interesting tidbit here because Vin goes, well, you're storing energy, right? Can you give me some of that metal you're storing? And says, it's like, oh, you're not gonna be able to use it. And she goes, you know, humor me. And she, he gives her like an earring with uh, a pewter earring that he's been storing strength in and he gives it to her and she tries to, she consumes it and tries to burn it. And she's like, I can feel the power there. I just can't access it. And says, it's like, ah, that's normal. You know, that's what that's what it feels like whenever someone else tries to access a metal mind that isn't theirs. Right. And so we get that we get that understanding now. Right. Whatever this energy is with Farrakimi, it is like a locked power, like only the person who stored it can use it. Okay. (laughs) So. With that, we 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 kind of get pulled out and we get back into Kelsey's point of view and he's sneaking into um Lord Renew's manner, and he's like, man, I hate sneaking into this, but I have to, because there's already going to be, like, assassination attempts, and things might get really hairy here, in fact, he goes, in fact, it's too easy to sneak into here, so I'm pretty sure we're going to need Vin to keep, you know, stay at Clubs' house, like, indefinitely, essentially, because 
it'd be way too easy for another Mistborn assassin to sneak in here and, and kill Vin or kill, you know, anyone else in the crew, essentially. But he shows up and... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Something interesting here. Chondra. Chondra, because uh, Kelsier's thinking about this. He's like, Vin could easily be assassinated. But he goes, eh, Lord Renew will be fine, you know. I think the exact word was, the Chondra's nature allowed them to not fear an assassin's blade. Hmm. <laughs> okay. These Chondra people. Chondra. We heard of, you know, we had this again mentioned with, with, with Sazed, him not being afraid of Sazed's safety. And now he's like, Chondra have no need to fear an assassin. Oh God! What can, what can the Contra do now? You know, oh, there's so much here. That like Brandon Sanders is so good at like layering world building in, mm-hmm. just like with these little statements, you know. And I missed it completely, 100 percent the first time. Yeah, but so yeah, it's just so cool with this. But um, they have a they he, he, Kelsey arrives and the the squad is there again and they're talking about all the soothing stations because Marsh has gotten them a map and a list of all the soothing stations in Luthadel. And they're like, okay, you know, uh, we need to uh, maybe find a way to destroy these. Oh, we really need to find a way to destroy these. Look out there. And they point out that the other the other crew leader from the very beginning of the book that was working with Cayman, his crew got hit with, within yeah. the last like week. And Vin's like, crap, that Inquisitor still has my trail. They're still They're still looking for her. And they're getting closer. So, like, we need to find a way to destroy all these stations. So, Kelsey's like, maybe we should hire a bunch of thieving crews, give them all each an individual station, and we have them all, like, attack at once and try to wipe out all the stations at the same time. And they're like, this could work. This could work. So, Doxa gets on that idea, and that's what they're going to they're gonna end up doing. And Breeze and Doxa kind of... No, well, Breeze complains. Doxa never really complains. But Breeze complains... Why are you making me go see the soldiers again? Like, isn't it just Ham's, you know, that's Ham's job. And he goes, well, you know, I'm setting y'all up as leaders, you know, so they need to be used to seeing all of you. And Breeze is like, yeah, whatever. And, you know, they're done discussing for the day. And Kelsier retreats back up to his room and he's going to relax and everything. But then Sazed comes knocking on the door and is like, hey, you're stepping out your balcony. That's not smart. Uh, come back in. And he's like, yeah. And he asks Sazed, he goes, Sazed, I need another religion. You had another one for me? And Sazed was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a, the, the, the Bennett. The Bennett, you know? They have this uh, this mindset that it's um, the making of maps is a revenant duty, you know? Um, they say that, like, once you, you're able to, like, you know, see the whole world and it's all mapped up and everything, you'll have peace and harmony. And he, and he's like, well, that Kelsey's like, yeah, that Peace one. Peace harmony, I'm not really looking for. Yeah, that's not me. That's not me. How about something else? He goes, well, you know, and I think he mentions, he goes, tell me about the Vladigan, the Valant, or some, it's a V name for a religion. The final, the religion that uh, resisted the Lord Ruler. The longest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the longest. And Kelsey's just asking about, like, what made them do it? And he and he's like, Sazed's like, well, you know, they had good leadership. And Kelsier's like, but weren't all the leaders killed? And Sazed's like, that's true. But just because, like, the leaders are all dead and everything, it doesn't mean that their fire, their ability to fight goes away. He goes, in fact, Sazed goes, our belief is often the strongest when we are the weakest because that's the nature of hope. And that's kind of where we're left here. So Vin is back at the Venture Ball, and she notices there are haze killers everywhere. And when she comes in, she mentions to Sazed, Everyone, there's like an air 
just like there's some like there's something in the air that's just like oh man everyone's staying away from each other they're not socializing they're in these little cliques and groups but and there's so many people here there's so many people here compared to the last couple of balls we went to where 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 the audience was like kind of like you know the attendance was dying off because things have been getting worse and worse with the great houses well he's like you know says that you need to go to uh you need to go ahead and go to the the dinner early i'm gonna skip dinner and we need to figure out what the heck's going on and she tries to approach everyone or at least her old groups and she's blacklisted like they're they they all excuse themselves in polite but obviously telling manners and then they regroup immediately afterwards when she's not there she's just out and about and this isn't good she's trying to she looks around oh my gosh ellen is having dinner with his father you know where's Cliss? Like, what's going on? the The dynamic of the ball has completely changed. Ellen is with his father, dining. That's never happened up to this point. Cliss is off talking to some other lords, but she can't really get a hold of her. And then it, it's kind of dawns here, and and says it comes back and talks and goes, "Listen, I need to tell you something. the The houses are no longer having balls. All the houses after Venture have canceled their balls. It's like we're all we we just missed a big announcement. We are officially in the Cold War." era here uh between with these houses the cold war era because everyone it it all clicks for men crap lord renew is too neutral house renew is too neutral we have no allies and all they're doing now is finalizing finalizing alliances and i'm on the outside oh boy okay so that's what's happening and vin goes i need to talk to ellen so she tries to catch Ellen when he's no longer sitting for dinner with, with with her with his father, and Ellen starts laying the hard truth on Vin. He, he's like, "Listen, I care for you and everything, but you know this. We both realized this was never going to work out between us. You know, I have to. You know, there's a house war coming, Lady Valette. I have to be prepared and ready to." to take over and deal with my house and to make sure my house survives and makes it through the end. I have a responsibility. And now it's come to the point that I can no longer let my petty differences with my father interact, you know, interfere with that. And he just basically, it's just this long winding way to say, I'm breaking up with you. Yeah. He says, my house is more important to you. And then he also says, I know you've been lying. Yeah. I know you've been lying. I know your truth. Oh no. Okay. So we didn't see it happen, but it seems like the spies did their job. And uh anyway, um yeah, Ellen essentially says he knows the truth and pushes her away. Vince trauma comes back up again because finally she doesn't want Ellen to leave her and she hears uh, that horrid voice again. She hears Reen's voice for like what the first time in for ever of course he left you of course he abandoned you i left you exactly and let me tell you it's rough hearing that again because up to this point it really seemed like vin was like almost completely in the clear with with this with this she'd learned to love everyone around her she was trusting people and here it is again ellen's leaving her and now she has that feeling of everyone abandons me how long until everyone else leaves me too and she kind of falls back into that well, 
she's looking sad. Ellen leaves at this point. He's like, I'm done. And Lady Cliss comes over and starts talking to her and is like, so what's going on? You know? And she's like, you know, oh, did, did Venture finally spur you? And, and then she goes, yeah. And he goes, well, that's all right. He's about to get what's coming to him anyway. And we see a very different Lady Cliss. We see the real one, the one that's been playing Vin this entire time. She's not a gossip. She's not, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? She's an informant. She's an informant. She's not a dense. Yeah, there you go. She's not dense at all, right? Like, she's an informant. Everything was an act, and she's a dang good one from what we've seen because she's collected info on everyone, including the fact that she realized that Vin was trying to spread her fake information with her last, with the last couple of things. And so she's like, well, you know, it's whatever. I wonder what Lord Renew is doing. Is he maybe here because he, you know, maybe y'all are trying to help push this house war along. You know, is he trying to corner the the arms, the weapons markets while this house war is going on? It just and she she, she calls her out for for giving her fake information, which she knew about. Yeah. And here she's not right about what's going on. But she's definitely on the right track mm-hmm. with what's going on. And she says, you can buy my silence if you want to. Yep, you, you can could, tell him he can buy my silence. Yeah, you can tell me and you can buy my silence. Well, Vin's like, oh, dang, this is really bad. We have to figure out. Wait, what did you say about Ellen? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, Ellen's going to get what's coming to him. Well, so, no, so, what a what a expensive uh, secret. And yeah, she yeah. gives him her. She gives her jewelry over. He goes, yeah. Mm, yeah, he's gonna be the first, uh, first death of the house war. He's gonna be assassinated. And she's like, when? And he's like, well, that's such an expensive question. And when that happens, Vin loses it and slams her with emotional alamancy. And she, and, and Lady Cliss is like, you're an alamancer. Ah, yeah, that's a great secret. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great secret. It makes sense now why you why you were brought by Lord Renew. And he goes, and you can pay for that for me to keep that secret as well. But mm. but she ends up giving more information. She goes, it's too late already. It's supposed to have happened the minute he walked out the door. So he may already be dead. So Vin freaks out and goes to leave. And I'm, she's like, you're never going to get to him in time because this place was purposely built to be like a maze, to confuse people who don't know, who haven't been here for very long. And Vin takes off and she does get lost in the maze. And she eventually goes... Forget it. Dolphin noise rips off like her gown and everything basically gets down to like her undergarments that are like the more comfortable mobile, you know, outfit here. And she launches herself out the window and we get Mistborn Vin as she's looking and she's scanning the area. She's trying really hard. She can't pick up any sort of she flares her bronze. Yeah, she's she's trying to pick up anything. She goes, crap, the assassins probably have a oh, no, the assassins probably have a smoker, a smoker with them. Wait, what's that? she senses something she senses something and some she pulse goes, she goes to it and she lands into the middle of two misborns and several alamancers that we end up learning are thugs and coin shots and one of the most terrible reveals one of the misborns is lady shan shan is a misborn and as surprised as we are to see her as being a misborn she is equally as surprised to realize that the person she's been just taking a taking out all her frustrations on thinking she's a country bumpkin lady valette is a misborn and we get this absolutely intense fight where vin takes on two misborns i was two misborns two coin shots a thug and a smoker that sounds about right 
It's, it's crazy. I actually I don't know if the smoker's there. I'm pretty sure it was just one of the misborn smoking. Yeah, yeah that's true. And she throws her coins up, shatters them across. Yeah. And the and the thugs are basically like trying to get up, and he's like, "Oh, freaking she, computer!" Oh, it's one thug, I think, and she just like basically like kicks that thug through the through the through the window. Or Another the... coin shot tries to shoot her shoot her her mm-hmm. her coins or her metal away. She gets anchored and he flies off into space. Yeah, that's a terrible way to die because she even mentioned that she goes, "Well, he can't pull himself back up." <laughs> so, and then someone gets gets thrown and crashes through the skylight. That was and, the thug. Yeah, she just kicks the thug down into the skylight, and that alerts everyone. He's, she's like, "Well, I hope that's a, that's good enough because I got to get out of here because there's two misborn here." Yeah, she's ready to rule. Uh, or, she's ready to run at this point, um, but she can't. Because she realizes they're just going to run her down. So. Well, Shan is really, really good. Yeah. And one of the things I I almost miss was there because she's she's barting, barting, you know, trying to get away. Shan's you know chasing her with glass daggers, and she's like, "Oh man, I wish I had trained with the glass daggers better." And then she get, finds a soldier. You know, she's trying to look for something. That was so cool. She yeah. pulls onto him to get to get to him, and he's he's like, "Oh!" And then he grabs on. He grabs on, and then she pushes away. Uh, to get away to get away knocks him down and then he ends up getting pulled back and collides with the other misborn well so there's the thing it's even more clever than that she actually lands on top of him she doesn't launch off she lands on top of him and then when she notices when he's getting pulled he goes sorry she goes sorry and she kicks his hand so he oh, can't yeah, hold right, on right, right. and then he goes flying in and hits the other misborn right but shan she's still on yeah, her tail she's so good yeah so shan keeps on chasing her and vin realizes oh crap she's really good i'm not gonna get away you know she's dodging you know she's trying to avoid getting shot at by the other soldiers she goes well it's atm time and she activates it it's morbid time it's it's atm time (laughs) yeah she activates it and she the thing is it's so unfortunate she activates it it's given away immediately because no 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 it's actually even cooler than that she throws her vial in the air Oh, yeah. And then pulls the ATM out of the vial with Alamancy and catches it in her mouth. Shan notices it. Well, that's actually not what it, what happened. Shan noticed what happened whenever an arrow was shot at Vin. And Vin had finished it and it started burning it. And Shan's looking at her, trying to figure out what's going on. And then you just she just, Vin sees the arrow go through her. And then turns around and catches the arrow. And when she turns and catches the arrow, that's when Shan goes, oh. And starts burning uh, ATM. Yes. And they, then downs her own ATM. And yep. she's like, of course she would have ATM. Yep. And so, so Vin has 30 seconds worth of ATM. Yeah. Not only does she have that little bit of ATM, but she's also recognized Shan's better than this than me. And she, so Shan is way better fighter. She can't run because she realizes she can't put her back to Shan, especially with Shan having ATM. She's going to run her down, which means she has to finish the fight before the ATM runs out for both, uh, for her. And so she's trying to fight, and she can't close the distance until she finally just has this luscious effort. She has, like, three seconds left in her ATM, and she goes, and she turns it off on purpose. And Shan smiles, thinking she ran out. And when she goes in for the kill, then turns it on at the very last second. And the shadows spur out, and and Shan hesitates for just a second. And Vin's able to catch one of the arrows that were shot at her slam it down into her chest mm-hmm. and then as she stumbles she catches the uh, or she she breaks it off and she flips it around and stabs her again in the chest with the other portion of it and that one must have hit her in the heart because not even pewter can keep her up and so vin kills another misborn 
and flees into the night. And that's where we're left.